Welcome to another Cubulus Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Callan Elslinger, joined as always by AJ Passman. We are once again running through the waiver wire to get you through into this upcoming week four. And boy, do we have actually some interesting names to talk about this week. I'm actually very excited. AJ, how are you doing today? I'm great, man. Good week three. Getting ready for, for week four. We're not quite into the bye weeks yet, but... Um, you know, we, we have kind of uh, some 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 injuries headed our way and some surprising ones as well. I, you know, I, I like having the young guys. You know, la- last year mm-hmm. we were just, you know, what 35 year old running back are we going to talk about this week? And I actually I, I like having some of the some of the young guns to talk about. It makes it definitely more interesting. Like you said, last year, we were hyping up names like Cordero Patterson and Adrian Peterson. And sure, some of it worked out, but it's not the same as some of these young guns that we're going to be breaking down today. But. Uh, yeah, he said it's a very exciting week. I had one of my worst weeks of hopefully of the season for fantasy. I picked up a lot of <laughs> losses. I had it was it was definitely a rough one. Hopefully, my lowest score of the season in a couple leagues. It's been not the best start, but hopefully, you can give me a few names to keep an eye on and help me turn my season around. And it starts right from the beginning, and we might have our potential league winner of the season, and that's Khalil Herbert. We saw last week, Dave Montgomery left with an early knee ankle injury. And right off the bat, immediately he was ruled out as doubtful. So he's likely to miss some time. It already sounds like he, the Bears aren't ruling out a trip to the IR for David Montgomery. And Khalil Herberts came right in and looked just as good, if not better, than David Montgomery rushing for 157 yards on 20 carries in the Bears game. So, AJ, we start us off right here. How excited should we be about Khalil Herbert? How much are you dropping on him? Does he have that league-winning upside that I I had mentioned I think for where you get him yes it, it, like to me I would say Khalil Herbert is one of those guys that when you look at it at the beginning of the season you don't see much of a drop off when when you think about how how a team is going to scheme their offense um, you know how they're going to game plan ar- around it so Herbert he's just he's explosive um, he looks great any chance he gets uh, when Montgomery w- missed a few games last season, Herbert stepped right in and was and, and was really productive. So um, to me, he is one of those, um, you know, I, he, he's still in the Bears. So, yeah. you know, they're, they're still going to have some of the lowest implied uh, point totals uh, every, you know, week in, week out. Um, so league winner is um, might be a stretch too far. But I, I also think because David Montgomery wasn't kind of that, you know, top, top tier of running back that you had. So um, but but I still think, you know, he's unquestionably the top uh, pickup of this week. You know, we're still waiting to uh, hear exactly what it's going to look like for David Montgomery. Um, you know, latest I've seen is that they are going to, you know, they're optimistic that he might not have to go on the IR, but that kind of comes with a you know with an assumption of you know he'll probably miss a couple of weeks so he's kind of in that same boat as you know potentially deandre swift um and jamal williams would be um at the top of this list uh right up there with herbert if he uh but he he doesn't qualify i I think he's um he's rostered in in far too many leagues he's 61 percent of yahoo 60 percent of sleeper but if jamal williams is out there absolutely go go get him i think he might be a little bit lower in espn but yeah i you know i i think herbert is is going to be great he's a he's an immediate start um plug him right in as an rp2 
Um, and he can, he can definitely kind of, um, he can blow up for a big score at any point. And they start this season this week against the giants. We don't think the giants are great of a defense. So I agree. Khalil Herbert's a must start right off the bat. You mentioned the bears have a low implied point total. They also have an employed, a low employed pass total. So we know a lot of the work. <laughs> that's, that's Herbert. They don't have any other work when, when Montgomery left for the game, train the, uh, Blasphemine, Tristan Ebner, they barely played. It was about 20% of the snaps for each of them. That's nothing that's going to get stand in the way for Khalil Herbert. So he's going to he's gonna be a monster. And I think that he's going to be a, a great add to your fantasy rosters, and you'll start him right off the bat. So, so I completely must add, the next position is receiver, and we may disagree about who the number one receiver is on this list, but... You, you mentioned the name at the beginning of the show, and it's Greg Dorsch, at least in our pre-show. What he's doing for Arizona right now is just unbelievable. We didn't think, kind of thought week one was a mirage. We thought Rondell Moore would come back, takes targets away. Zach Ertz at tight end will take some targets away. No, he's been coming in each and every single week and being the clear number two receiver on his team. Last week, he set his season high with 10 targets, his season high with 80 yards, and he's not, he's not slowing down. And I think that there's no longer just a mirage. There's no more of a, we're waiting to see what happens. I think you got to go get Greg Dortch while you can. While there may be a receiver on this list, I would prioritize over him just for the long-term upside because of Hopkins suspension. Greg Dortch to me is a name. If you need receiver, we saw some injuries. We may lose Keenan Allen again. We're seeing some people start to go down with injuries. That Greg Dortch may be right on that starting radar. Do you have any anything else you want to add to that? For the torch? Greg Torch, my friend, he is he is on fire. He is the greatest five seven wide receiver we've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> greatest no, he, or I, only five seven <laughs> receiver we've ever seen? Well, you know, um, sometimes they're 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 one and the same because uh, nobody else comes to mind. Um, no, but uh, I, I mean, really, it's it's three weeks in a row of double digit uh, fantasy points. He's you know he's actually reminding me of another um, fire worthy. Um, name that we love to bring up last season um tim patrick who just oh. would constantly just get you that double yep. digit fantasy point score um it's not super sexy nobody really wants to add him but i think that um as long as rondell moore uh you know continues to battle these injuries and i think as the longer the season goes on the harder it's going to be for him to take his spot back uh dorch is dorch is playing that um, that slot receiver role that we were all kind of hoping, you know, kind of taking flyers on Rondell Moore. Um, at least I was, you know, in, in my uh, fantasy drafts. So the fact that he is, has kind of stepped right in, we know that Arizona is going to pass. We know that they can be in shootouts. Um, you know, the ground game is not, has not even been all that inspiring up to this point. Um, and so I, I think as long as the opportunity is there and the volumes there, you know, he, he could be, um, you know, definitely a wide receiver three flex worthy spot on your roster for, you know, at least until week six. Completely agree. The Cardinals defense has been so brutal this season that, you know, they're going to be in high scoring games where you have to pass a lot, high passing volume receiver. Who's getting the share of it. He's working at you figure out what happens to Deandre Hopkins when he comes back. And like you even said, he, if he slides in that Rondell Moore role, he could still have some value even when Hopkins comes back. So He's a name that you definitely keep on your radar and, you know, want to want to move, move on with. But there's one name on our list that I would add over and I would prioritize him. I'm curious about where you would stand between these two guys. 
it's Romeo Dubs for Green Bay Packers. We've been kind of, you know, all offseason was, oh, all these rookie receivers to Packers. You take a shot on one of them. Then we got to week one and Rodgers was talking him down. But then you saw what happened last week. Dubs finished with 23.5% target share. He finished with eight receptions, 73 yards, and a touchdown. He's slowly getting more involved in this offense. We saw Sammy Watkins go on the IR. Yeah, Sammy Watkins. You couldn't have expected him to stay healthy all season. But that's just one less guy to be in the way. He clearly led the team in targets. Randall Cobb is still getting his work, but it's not exactly interesting. Alan Lazard is slowly working his way back. So maybe Dubs gets his way into the number two in this offense. But at number two in a Green Bay offense, he's clearly jumped over Christian Watson for me. I don't think there's any, with Watson's injury, I don't think there's any chance Watson, I don't think Watson's going to come right back and take that job. So I think you get a number two on Green Bay, who's getting used more and more throughout the season. I would add him over over a, why am I blanking out his name? Dorch, because of that upside with Dubs Green Dorch. Bay. Yeah, I, I can't believe I forgot that, but. Yeah, I'm, I'm adding dubs over him because of the of the upside of being the youthful receiver for a Green Bay offense who has that potential to jump to be number one on this team. I don't think Dorch has that upside to be the number one in Arizona. Do you agree? Or are you still prioritizing Dorch? I, I kind of have him uh, really close. Um, I think that the that the upside for Romeo Dobbs is probably a little bit higher just because of uh, the role that he can take on the offense with Alan Lazard, you know, kind of in and out of the lineup, not, you know, the question was, is he going to, is he going to take that leap? You know, uh, Aaron Rodgers said yes. And he, you know, really it's, it's been hard to figure out what the wide receiver room is really going to look like, but with week three, I mean, we may have seen the Romeo Dobbs breakout. And so I don't want to minimize that because, you know, eight targets hit uh, caught all eight targets for eight receptions, 73 yards and a score. He's definitely above Randall Cobb. Uh, he's above, you know, I, I think, you know, Robert Tanyan, great. You know, and, you know, he, he might be a touchdown um, here and there throughout the season. Um, you still have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, who I think are, you know, one of the best one-two punches in the league. But, you know, it's uh, Aaron Rodgers who, you know, I, I don't think he's necessarily playing at that MVP caliber. But uh, we know obviously what uh, what a Packers offense can do, what what Rodgers can do. So um, yeah, I I, I, th- I think Dobbs probably has the upside there. I think Dorch is probably a little bit more. Um, amazingly, the torch has uh, more of a role in the offense. I think solidified with those kind of th- we have that you know three week sample size, which is not much, but that's all we have to go on for this season. Uh, but yeah, man. Uh, Dobbs is the is the rookie to the rookie to roster in Green Bay. Um, we heard all the rumors during, um, or we heard all the, the preseason hype, and it just seems like it's true. I think I think we're we're probably getting close to where we're you know we're gonna wonder if this is just a lost rookie season for Christian Watson, um, and you know hope for a year two um, leap. But yeah, I I, I definitely think that the Dobbs kind of has that has that ability to. Um, to boom for a week and, and be that kind of difference maker in your, in your flex spot or in your third wide receiver spot and, and get you a, get you a win. And next three weeks, they go up against new England who hasn't exactly mm-hmm. been the defense that we want to, you know, are scared to go up against the season, the New York giants and the New York jets, not exactly powerhouse defenses. So I think, like you said, dubs finds his way, dubs, however you pronounce it, he finds his way into that starting role. He'll find his way into your fantasy lineups and, you know, the, the upside is definitely worth chasing in these leagues. 
So those are the two receivers that we know we're starting. We probably can pick up and you can put them in your lineups right away. The other names on these lists are intriguing, but more as stash options. We listed a couple with Isaiah McKenzie, KJ Osborne, Mac Hollins, George Pickens. Those are four that we kind of thought of, thought of, of, you know, the speculative ads you want to stash on your bench to hold the rest of the season, try and get the breakout. If you're looking to stash one of those guys, we know that, two we mentioned before are completely higher than them is there one you like more than the others are you prior prioritizing any of these guys as the the breakout stash well i think we have to talk about matt collins just a little bit um but that but he's not my pick um matt collins blew it up this week uh in the absence of hunter renfro uh for for las vegas he was i mean really unbelievable i mean i think his his over under was you know, two receptions, two and a half receptions. Um, and so he, he went off the, you know, it, it might end up being a, a career game from him, but I do think that if Hunter Renfro comes back, um, I would say that Hollins is one of those guys that you might always be chasing what he did the week before. Yeah. If, if he can kind of get these spot starts. So I don't know. I, I mean, do you have, do you have any interest in Hollins? I'm in the same boat as you, you know, you got to watch the injury report for Hunter Renfro's status if he is out, if you if we, we get early reports that he'll likely miss another game, I, it doesn't seem like it's going to be. I, my mind, it was just a one-week injury that keeps him out. But if he is brought back, if if if, uh, if Renfro must miss another game, then I think Hollins has, you know, like you said last week, stats put him into that intriguingness. But I'm not chasing it just because it's, not, it's unlikely to last. I'm more likely to shoot after one of these uh, other names for the upside. I think have more long-term value because once the run comes back, Hollins will fall easily down to fourth on a depth chart in terms of uh, targets with Adams, Darren Waller and run ahead of him. So I'm not chasing it. I'll chase some more upside on someone, some of the other names that we, that we had mentioned. Yeah, I, I, I have to agree. I mean, I mean, he is an imposing figure. I think, I think Hollins is six, four. I mean, and going for 158 yards in a, in a Teddy is, I mean, he, you know, he makes me say the term Teddy, which I don't like to say, uh, but he was he, he was unbelievable. But, yeah, I I, I just don't think that he's going to be involved enough in the audience and in, in the offense. And I think that um, I feel the same about about George Pickens, who I mean, what a catch. Yeah, I mean, that was incredible. Should, I, I wouldn't blame you for adding him just because of that catch. I don't think you should start him. But uh, I, I just don't think he's involved enough in an offense that uh, does not have enough volume or production to, um, you know, to, to to feed more than one receiver, uh, you know, not named Deontay Johnson. So um, I, I'm kind of in the same boat with Pickens. I know Pickens is your boy. I know that that's your team. Um, are, and are you how many teams do you have Pickens just kind of like sitting on that like last bench spot? I've got him on one or two. There was one league last week where someone dropped him, and I was like, I'll replace it. I'll take the upside, and I'm already considering do I want to drop him again. The upside is there. I think of these four guys we named, he has the clear highest upside. But Mitchell Trubisky has done zero to instill any sort of confidence that he can support more than one pass catcher on this team. It's It's been awful. I've been watching this team, and it's it's tough to watch right now. So if you're going for straight upside, he may be the best option. But the path to get there is not as easy as someone else. I think if order for him to have any sort of fantasy relevance this year, 
there may need to be a quarterback change. We may have to see Kenny Pickett comes in because Trubisky has shown me nothing to instill any sort of confidence in. So here are I, Trubisky's I, here are Trubisky's yardage totals for the first three weeks: 194 oh, yards. I need a good reason to throw up. Yeah, 194 yards, 168 yards, 207 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. So he's a two to one uh, ratio and has uh, not thrown. He barely threw over for over 200 yards this past week. So yeah, th- there's just not a, not enough volume to go around. One w- one one switch to where I. I think that there is potentially enough volume to go around, but I want to wait and see kind of what that role shakes out. That's Isaiah McKenzie. I'd probably put him as my, as my kind of pick here of everybody, just because um, I mean, the, the amount of offensive plays that the bills go through um, and, and this was in a loss in week three. I mean, I think, I think the bills ran 63 offensive plays in the second half. Uh, in uh, against Miami and only scored three points off of it. Um, but the uh, the the number of routes that are being run, Gabriel Davis ran 70 routes in week three coming off an, off an injury. So I do think that there's volume there. We know that, you know, it's going to be hit or miss with the running back room, but you've got Stefan Diggs as the one. Uh, Gabriel Davis, when he's healthy, uh, seems to be a- as the number two. But then Isaiah McKenzie, man, he is a he is a speedster. He can stretch the field. He can get open under underneath. And I think that it's for me. That's where I would take that ad because I think Jamison Crowder still kind of limits that upside. But if we see Isaiah McKenzie, you know, still continue to creep up that snap share um, over the next couple of weeks, he could be a viable starting option out of the slot. I mean, that is. That is the same position that Cole Beasley got over 100 targets uh, just a season ago. So he's my ad there as as kind of my next priority underneath underneath those other names we mentioned. What do you think? I completely agree with you. I think he's got the most uh, potential just based on that Cole Beasley role. We've seen Dawson Knox. He's not doing too much in this offense. We all were hoping for V up to touchdown upside from a tight end. I think that's a total drop. And that leaves room for Isaiah McKenzie. We've already seen Stefan Diggs came up a little lame. It's more cramping, but it's something to, I guess, monitor at this point. And Gabe Davis has already missed time with an injury this season. So all it takes is one more injury. And we're talking about Isaiah McKenzie, just like we were talking about that Gabe Davis breakout sort of that we were seeing before the season. So I think I completely agree. Isaiah McKenzie is my pick there. And I'll mention KJ Osborne in a similar boat as we did with Pickens. And um, it's just in that, that same area of he needs something to happen. We're seeing that, the clear tar- clear favorites in the red zone are Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, and even Irv Smith for Kirk Cousins. So Osborne is down to fourth on his team in targets, and it's it's team that doesn't want to throw the ball that often. Even with Dalvin Cook's injury, he's likely to play. Even then, they'll still go with Alexander Madison, who we would mention that for waiver, but everyone has Alexander Madison on their team. So that's besides the point. But same boat for KJ Osborne, as we mentioned for these other guys. He needs an injury for it to be uh, fantasy relevant this season, but it's worth stashing after – you know, keeping an eye on or at least monitoring mm-hmm. on your watch list. But for sure, just, Isaiah McKenzie is. Just when we thought Adam Thielen was done, just when we buried him, he does what he always does and he goes and scores a touchdown. Hey, I'm hooked on the feeling. What can I say? <laughs> what can I say? Uh, uh, he, he was absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I, I would agree. I, I think that I would put Osborne under McKenzie um, and, probably um, a little bit ahead of, of Hollins and Pickens. But at the same time, if I want some upside, um, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate going with, um, with either of those guys just to see um, what we've got, particularly if there's news about Hunter Renfro, I think Hollins is definitely worth another spot start. 
anytime there's an injury or if, or if someone misses time, um, then that that's going to be somebody that, um, that, that I look for. So uh, for this fifth spot, you know, we don't get to do this a lot during the season. Uh, we're, we're, we're typically just talking about these in streamers. Um, but I think we have some tight ends. I think we have some legitimate tight ends to talk about. Um, and I'm, I'm going to bring up two and we're going to discuss, all right, if you, if you were going to add one of these guys and actually spend, you know, some percentage of, of your fab on, on these guys, who would you rather have? You've got David Njoku, uh, who finally connected the Jacoby Brissett check down King, uh, fine, you know, came, came true in, in week three. Um, he's, he's just over our 50% threshold in Yahoo, but I still think he's worth talking about. He's 38% rostered in sleeper, but David Njoku, um, on one side for the Cleveland Browns and Jacoby Brissett. And you've got Tyler Conklin over here on the jets who I did not think we would be talking about Tyler Conklin, no. uh, in, heading into week four with Joe Flacco as his quarterback, with CJ Uzoma being signed in the, in the off season. Um, but that's where we are. Both of them, um, We'll we'll talk about the uh, about the potential upside there, but um, Colin, you weigh in. Who, who are you looking toward? Who do you like better, kind of moving forward over the next? You know, if you're going to say, I want to try to have my tight end position at least somewhat figured out for the next few weeks. It's David Njoku for me. I want to see for the Jets what Zach Wilson does. We haven't seen him. This is this week's going to be his first week back. So, how does the volume? The target share shake out with Zach Wilson, the quarterback. Does he target his tight ends even more? Does he target the tight ends less? How does it impact when, uh, when he, when there's the, the injuries start going back on that offense? Joku is clearly the number two. At the beginning of the season, we were kind of writing it off as he was the upside guy, but he had one target in week one, four targets, five targets in week two. So we thought, okay, this is just another pipe dream that we're chasing, and we're gonna have to wait another season for for Njoku to be anything. Then he came back last week and had 10 targets in the win over my Pittsburgh Steelers, but that's besides the point. To me, just with the injuries in New York, I'm more, I'm more, and the people coming back from injuries, I'm more intrigued with Njoku upside. He's getting targeted in the red zone. We thought Donovan Peoples-Jones was going to be a thing after his week one, and he's done nothing in the past two weeks. So Njoku is pushing his way to the number two target on this Cleveland Browns offense. And to me, that's a lot of intrigue because of similar to what we've kind of said with the Cardinals. The Browns are going to be playing from behind a lot. They're going to be throwing a lot. And if it comes down to it, Brissett has shown a tendency to go to the tight ends when he, even when he's in Indianapolis and Miami. And now he's starting to do that again in Cleveland. So I think there's a little bit more upside with Njoku just based on the lack of other pass options outside of him and Amari Cooper. Yes, they'll dump off to the running back, but I think the Joku has that red zone upside where the Jets are going to be going to Garrett Wilson. They're going to be going to Elijah Moore. They'll probably still use Corey Davis. There's enough guys. They're going to go with CJ Uzama. There's a lot of guys outside of Tyler Conklin that I'm not ready to fully buy in yet, especially when they're making a quarterback change more than likely this week. Fine. <laughs> I. I, you know, I, I, I think, I think that's a great argument for there. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, like you said, with um, Zach Wilson should be coming back this week. The question is, yeah, how's that going to break down? And and that's actually why I'm also, um, you know, I know Elijah Moore has had a pretty slow start of the season, um, but I'm, you know, when I'm looking at players to potentially drop that I'm not, I'm not looking Elijah Moore's way yet. 
because I just don't know how things are going to uh, shake, you know, shake out with, with Zach Wilson. Um, I do think that, you know, um, for Jacoby Brissett, um, you know, it, I, I do think that, that the Browns would rather run the ball. You know, they've got Nick Chuck, Nick Chubb back there. They've got Kareem Hunt. I think they'd rather do that. Um, but it has it, it has been really interesting to see Njoku kind of um, – I, I would say that, that his targets this week kind of came at the expense of like a Kareem Hunt. Um, so, you know, it, it, it is interesting to, to see that, you know, where, where the, where those dump offs are. Um, I don't think that we're going to see, and uh, I, I don't think that the Browns want to be throwing it, you know, 35 times a game. Um, so I do think that, you know, the, the challenge is going to be with Amari Cooper kind of having his resurgence, which Amari Cooper's after a really bad week one um, has been incredible. He's had over a 30% uh, target spur route run um, in weeks in weeks two and three, which is just elite of elite. I think that if you only count weeks two and three, he's like top, top three in the league um, for, for that sort of target rate. So um, I'm, a, you know, it is tight end. So it goes without saying that some volatility kind of comes with the territory, but for the sake of argument, I'll jump on the Conklin side Um I think that, uh, you know, him getting, you know, seven targets in week one, nine targets in week two and, and eight targets in week three, I like to see some of that consistency. Um, and you know, the question with Zach Wilson is, you know, could they be in scoring opportunities, um, you know, more often than, than they have been with Joe Flacco. So, you know, over the first three weeks, I think the, uh, the jets are, have, have more pass attempts than, um, or, they're, they're either one or, one or two in pass attempts with with the Bills. So I love how much they're passing. Um, and so, I mean, I, he, here's what I'm probably going to do, Callan. I'm probably going to go a five uh, a 5% or $5 fab bid for both of them and just put mm-hmm. – I'll put Conklin just slight uh, – well, I'll drop the same guy, but put Conklin just that one little slot above – and just hope that I get one of those two guys for, for $5. I'd be comfortable uh, with that sort of outlay with, with either one of them. Yeah. You can't really go wrong with either. They're in that same level of tight end that we always talk about, where if you're doing rankings, they're probably right on the 12 to 13 spot where, all right, if you need a tight end option, where you drop Dawson Knox for him, you can drop Cole Komet for one of those guys. The upside is there for both of them. I'll take the guy I was higher on in the preseason with David Njoku. But you can't argue with what they're what Tyler Conklin's doing. I'm just the slightest bit concerned. I wouldn't say concerned, curious about how the usage for tight ends gonna go once Zach Wilson's back under center. How does that change where where things are going? And can we really expect the Jets to continue to throw us ball the ball as much as they are? They're gonna be down, but come on, they're they're not they're not a good passing offense. And Zach Wilson, you can argue, you know, he's got room to grow. Is he an upgrade over Joe Flacco? That's a debate for another show, but you know, we, we can't, we don't know for sure. We don't know. We for shall sure what Zach see. Is. Yeah. We, we shall we see who, who will be the quarterback at the end of the season for the jets. I don't know. The headlines write themselves <laughs> on the back of those New York sports pages. But speaking yeah. of quarterbacks, we'll do what we always do. Try to wrap up the show with some streaming options. There's some interesting names last week. We brought up a couple and for the most part had some pretty good success rate in terms of streaming quarterbacks. And, it's similar names this coming week, but AJ, real quick, you want to run down a couple uh, streaming options for this week? Yeah, uh, you know, so 
three 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 uh, players to look at at quarterback. Um, I actually really like Marcus Mariota uh, for the Falcons. Um, you know what what he is doing again. They're not really winning games except they did. Um, unfortunately for our draft uh, odds, um, uh, did pull off a victory against Seattle uh, <laughs> this. Uh, this week, but uh, he is, uh, they are doing enough to keep them in games and he is providing that spark on the ground. So um, he has, uh, he's only one of three quarterbacks. I think it's Lamar Jackson um, and Jalen hurts to have already rushed for over 90 yards this season. So, um, or so far this season. So um, I like the floor that he provides. The ceiling is questionable, but um, you know, it's, it's not my favorite uh, matchup next week against Cleveland. You could see it be maybe a little more low scoring, but I do like what uh, Mariota presents on the ground. I'll also throw out Jared Goff playing against uh, the Seahawks, who who just uh, gave up some points to the Falcons. Um, and I'll also throw out uh, Jameis Winston. Um, you know, he has been hurt and you know, with his uh, multiple fractures in his back. Um, but I like him going up against Minnesota next week. I think that there's a decent chance that the Vikings will, um, you know, hopefully get their offense. Um, they'll, they'll right the ship a little bit more, get back to their week one form. And um, I think the the Saints have the offensive weapons to um, to kind of play keep up and, and for it to potentially, um, you know, maybe to have some points on the board. So I'm, uh, you know, big fan of Chris Olave. So Winston just kind of goes right along, right, right along with that. And um, again, hopefully Alvin Kamara is, 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 uh, is healthier than he has been. So um, I like those three guys uh, probably, probably in that order as well. I would agree with that. I, I believe I was the one who mentioned Marcus Merritt as a good streaming quarterback <laughs> to last week. So point from me, but I, I would agree. He's the top priority for this week in terms of streamers. It's worth noting, too, that Miles Garrett was in a single car accident. We don't want to make light of the situation. We hope everything's okay with him. We don't know the severity of his injuries, but if it's anything that keeps him out, that completely weakens a Cleveland defense that already hasn't looked incredible to start the season. That they think they're beatable on defense. If you lose their star pass rusher, that only does wonders for Marcus Mariota's ability to run an already good running game that he has. So I think he had, have, has the best matchup of the three. So I'll be rolling with that. Something I never really thought I would say in 2022. But yeah, start Marcus Mariota this week. And then for defenses, we just have a couple names. It's nothing too exciting. We put two on the show doc and they're not good defenses, but it's the matchups that do it for us. It's the Tennessee Titans going against the Indianapolis Colts. Matt Ryan has been pretty, pretty Ugh. bad. And you have to wonder... Is it really the Colts? You know, we saw we fought as Carson Wentz and Phillip Rivers. Nope, maybe something's really, really wrong with the Indianapolis Colts. And then the New York Giants going up against the Chicago Bears. AJ, you can make that noise again if you want. I think it's really summarize <laughs> what the Bears offense has been. They do yeah. not pass the ball. Justin Fields has turned the ball over a lot. And you know, when the Bears play, it brings rain. So maybe that happens. But two good matchups for defenses. I think you could do a lot worse than streaming those two defenses this week. Completely agree. Uh, yeah, I, I think that, you know, particularly with, you know, as small as the passing pie is over there in Chicago, um, you know, you really haven't seen Darnell Mooney or Cole Komet do anything, um, you know, worth mentioning on the on the good side. It's plenty worth mentioning on the bad side. Um, but also with, you know, with David Montgomery going down, I do, like, like we said earlier, I love Khalil Herbert as a plug and play uh, replacement there. But 
you know, it is still a change in the offense and they are, you know, certainly one of the, uh, if not the worst teams uh, in the league. So, um, you know, and, and the giants have actually, you know, that they haven't gone crazy with, with any of their, uh, with any of their games, but they're not getting you negative points. Um, you know, so uh, seven, seven fantasy defense points in week two, they're playing the Cowboys right now and it's, you know, 13 to six. So they're, uh, they're, they're doing fine in, in what projects to be um, another, or they, they should be fine in what, in what should project to be another low scoring game against, against the bears. Um, and yeah, everything, everything you said, Callan, uh, for um, Tennessee, Matt, uh, Matt crying. He is just not, not looked very good. Um, so, you know, there's always the chance that, the, that they can, um, again, you know, write that ship, but we are a, a few weeks in and it, 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 it's, it's a good spot. There's a lot of, always a lot of volatility with defense. Um, but you know, I, I, I would put the, <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this. I would put the giants above Tennessee just because Tennessee hasn't done that much so far, um, a, as a fantasy defense. But again, um, there's, there's always the, there's all, it, it seems like the Colts are, are are somebody you can you can put up points against from a defensive perspective. Add that to the list of things we never thought we'd say. Let's start with Giants defense this coming season. But we're, we mentioned we're the Bears. The, we're not starting the Giants offense. So no, we're not starting the Giants offense. <laughs> besides Saquon Barkley, you start him and then you close your computer and say nope. But we, you mentioned the Bears struggling offense, and I think it's worth wrapping up the show with the question that's probably on a lot of fantasy managers' mind. You drafted Darnell Mooney with that mid-tier upside wide receiver risk, and he did send a season high in terms of receptions this past week. Two. Last week we said that we weren't ready to drop him yet. Have you changed your opinion? Are you dropping Darnell Mooney now? I am. I think if I if I need a receiver, if if, if I if if it's the choice between starting Darnell Mooney or dropping him, then I think I would drop him. I would drop him for some of this upside um, that, that we're seeing if, if, if he's in your flex and Herbert's available, definitely. Uh, But if you're looking wide receiver versus wide receiver, um, then I would, um, you know, I, I still, I'm tempted. I want to hold on to him because of the talent, but I just don't see the offense getting better. And it's the same thing with Cole Komet. You know, I'm not trying to stash tight ends, week after week after week in redraft leagues where you might only have, you know, four or five uh, bench bench spots. So I am, man, I I think I'm moving on from the bears. Um, he's not my, you know, he, I, don't, I don't know if he'd be the first name I drop, but I would, I, I'm, I, I think I would drop Mooney for, for Dobbs right now. I think I would do that too. If you're looking for, if you could stash him on a bench, if you don't need to start him, he has that upside over most of these receivers. Maybe Dobbs is the one who I would drop him no matter what for. But this Bears offense has been so bad, and even the most optimistic of Bears fans in our Discord have really shown light about how bad things have been and made me not interested anymore. So <laughs> I'll stash him if I can hold my bench. He has more upside than pretty much any other receiver out there in terms of waiver wire. But if you need someone to start right away, if you need to – Make that if you're 0 3 and you need a spark. Yeah, I think Darnell Mooney is definitely droppable. And it's something I never thought I would say. Do you have it before we wrap the show up? Do you have any other names that you want to throw out there as drop candidates? Just say off the top of your head. Uh, or, um, I mean, I know it's uh, pretty much a case by case scenario, but. Yeah, you know, um, 
man. I think that was a, yeah, the, the Mooney one is tough because, um, yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I just don't, I just don't see a lot of light at the end of the tunnel, but I, th- I, I think some of these other names that maybe, maybe we've picked up, um, you know, I, I, I think, you know, it's always, it's always that balance of who would you rather have? And these are particularly with wide receivers. It's, you know, if, if we haven't seen much within the first three weeks, then, you know, and they're dropping out of that kind of top 36 ranking in your mind, um, then, then that, that's kind of where I'm looking. But, um, you know, I, I'll say, um, you know, Michael Hardman might, is, is getting there. Um, Kadarius Tony might be getting there. He's, he was inactive for Monday Night Football. Um, I'd say that he, you know, he is that, um, that fool's gold out there that is just going to end up clogging your roster more often than not. Um, so, you know, it might be time to, to move on from him. Um, I think if you picked up DJ Chark, I think that you're always going to, he, he's, he'll have a good game when he's on your bench and then he'll, he'll flame out when, when he's, when he's on there. Um, the last thing that I'll add, and, and this is a, I guess a good place to finish and a question for you. I'm not dropping Allen Robinson yet. He's on that borderline for me. He's, it, you know, it hasn't been all that promising. Week two showed a couple, couple of good signs, but back to week three. Um, the problem is Matt Stafford hasn't looked that great, or he's been really kind of um, inconsistent, throwing a lot of interceptions. The offense didn't look great this week uh, for the Rams. So Allen Robinson, is he, wouldn't wear you with, with Robinson right now? I'm kind of on the same boat as you. I'm not dropping him yet. You have to wonder if that elbow injury is continuing to bother Matthew Stafford. I think if you want to trade him, I'd be willing to sell on someone who's willing to buy low. I'm ready to jump ship that way. But I won't drop him for the same reason I'm trying to hold on to Darnell Mooney because he has a clear, easy, higher upside than anyone else, even Romeo Dobbs. If you can get the number two in Los Angeles, that's full goal. That's going to be incredible. So... I'm not ready to drop him yet. I think he still has plenty of name value, but if you wanted to jump ship, you're probably better off trading him. If I had a choice between dropping Mooney or him, I'm definitely dropping Mooney, but I'm still going to hold on to Allen Robinson. I'll echo all the other names that are, are droppable, including Kadarius Tony. He was on a lot of my rosters as that late round flyer. I'm done with it. I'm tired of it. I've dropped him in almost every league that I've rostered him in. It's just, it's ready to, I'm ready to move on on that end. I can't blame you. I can't blame you. So that's going to do it for this week's QB list fantasy football podcast. Good luck this week with your waivers. If you have any specific waiver wire questions, you can find me on Twitter at Callen underscore Elslager. You can find AJ at, I believe it's just AJ Passman. If I'm remembering that's right. right. We've done enough shows together. I should, probably, you should, I should probably know this by now, but you can find a show obviously at the QB list or QB list.com. You can look for AJ's waiver wire column. That'll be coming out on Tuesday morning breaking down these players even more in detail. Or you can always join our Cubulus Discord. You go to pitcherlist.com or cubulus.com and click Get PL Plus. You get 24-7 access to all things football, all things baseball, all things life. We have channels for literally anything and everything. If you just want to hang out with our staffers, fellow Cubulus Slimmers, it's an amazing community. We've hyped it up on the show, but it's a lot of fun on Sundays. Just CB reactions throughout the league of everybody watching every single game. So you really can't miss a beat. So... Highly recommend come join, come talk football with us, and you can have individualized access to each of us to ask you some start set questions, waiver questions, all that fun stuff you do on your during your week when you should be doing your job or something else like myself. But 
Thanks again for tuning in to the QB List Fantasy Football Podcast. Good luck this week in your waivers, and we'll talk again next week. Good luck, everybody.